Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, America. How are you? It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. We need to review because of something I said before the midterm election. About a month before in October, yeah, it was October of 2022, I had to go to Washington, D.C. I was doing a roundtable discussion with some reporters and also made the media rounds, talked to some reporters from ABC News, from Politico, from the New York Times, from CNN, from the Washington Post. And several of them told me from ABC, from the New York Times, from Politico, from CNN, they told me that they were aware that with the expectation the midterms were going to be a disaster for the Democrats. They all, all the reporters expected it. That Democrats were preparing to drop oppo research on Joe Biden, and they were going to throw Joe Biden under the bus. And in fact, the New York Times had begun working on a story about the behind-the-scenes antics of Joe Biden at the White House, showing that Joe Biden was out to lunch. He was too old, too enfeebled, had to be led around too much. There was there was a lot of that talk, and they were very adamant that this story was coming. And then everybody was shocked by the midterm results. I was shocked. You were shocked. They were shocked. Everybody was shocked. There are a few contrarians who are like, I do all along. But those contrarians are contrary about everything. And occasionally they get it right and then claim some level of genius when actually, no, you're a contrarian a-hole all the time. And usually you get it wrong. And you don't puff up your chest and say, I was right because you were wrong. But this time you got it right. I mean, the Democrats thought it was a wipeout. They were seeding these stories. It's very interesting now today, two separate stories from two separate reports, one of which Edward Isaac DeVore and Phil Mattingly at CNN. Phil Mattingly, brilliant reporter, good guy, all around decent guy, other than he has terrible sports teams that he likes, but a great guy. Edward Isaac DeVore is kind of a... a, a stenographer for the Democrats. And it's very interesting. Let me let me start you with the CNN report. When President Joe Biden sets out for his annual physical at Walter Reed National Military Medical Center on Thursday morning, he'll be setting a new record, as he does every morning. Oldest U.S. president ever. Biden's age is omnipresent in nearly every conversation one person involved told CNN. At a time when he's preparing for a re-election announcement that would try to extend his time in office until he is 86 years old. Biden hasn't officially decided to run again, though he said he intends to, and his campaign infrastructure is largely in place. Even though aides say the president has told them his age will not be a determining factor in his final decision about re-election, conversations about it are shaping everything from planning anticipated campaign schedule logistics to calibrating Vice President Harris's role as his running mate. White House spokesman Andrew Bates disputes how much of a factor the president's age is in the conversations. That simply is not true and makes one think they aren't involved in many conversations here, he says. This is leading to a focus on events that try to play up the president's vitality while trying to strike a balance in the schedule of a man who tends to make more blunders when tired. 
this is interesting. To many top Democratic operatives and officials looking ahead, Biden's age is the top issue of his reelection campaign. In essence, what he's running against, at least until a Republican nominee emerges. It's part of who he is as much as part of his record of legislative accomplishments in the last two years, as much as part of his empathy with connecting to people, says a senior advisor. The advisor went on to spell out a theory of the case Biden's team believes will outweigh the concerns, no matter how persistent they appear. At the end of the day, people are going to say, who's on my side? Who's fighting for me? Who's getting things done and making a material difference in my life? That's CNN. The same day... Jonathan Martin, highly respected reporter who was at the New York, started at National Review, went to Politico, moved to the New York Times. He's come back to be the political bureau chief and senior political columnist. Well-sourced among Republicans and Democrats. Generally well-liked by both sides. High-level Democrats are rallying to President Biden's re-election not because they think it's in the best interest of the country to have an 82-year-old start the second term, but because they fear the potential alternative, the nomination of Kamala Harris and election of Donald Trump. Not that many of them will say it publicly, at least not that directly. Nobody wants to be the one to do something that would undermine the chances of a Democratic victory in 2024, Representative Dean Phillips of Minnesota explained. Yet in quiet rooms, the conversation's just the opposite. We could be at a higher risk if that path is cleared. Phillips would know from these quiet rooms. The third-term Democrat from suburban Minneapolis, a gelato company executive before running for Congress, was one of the few lawmakers last year to say his party should turn to a new generation in the next presidential race. And since the Democrats' unexpectedly strong midterm performance, scarcely few have followed suit. While every potential Biden successor has fallen in line behind his yet-to-be-announced candidacy, meanwhile, the private conversations about the wisdom of nominating an octogenarian and despair over who could take his place have hardly subsided. It's fear, plain and simple, Phillips said. People are focused on self-preservation and their aspiration. He's only praise for Biden and not just of the Minnesota nice sort. He's a president of great competence and success. I admire the heck out of President Biden. If he were 15 to 20 years younger, it'd be a no-brainer to nominate him. But considering his age, it's absurd. We're not promoting competition, but trying to extinguish it. Republican officials were reluctant to criticize Donald Trump when he launched his first re-election effort, even though the party elite barely tolerated him. Their voters overwhelmingly favor the former president. Democrats reflect the mirror image. Polls indicate many of their voters want a new nominee, but few lawmakers are willing to do anything about it. My conversations with a variety of Democratic lawmakers and a number of the party's governors who were in Washington last week bear out Phillips's case that he has ample company in his view of Biden, but they're muted about it and he's loud. There was the senator who said few Democrats in the chamber want Biden to run again, but that the party has to devise an alignment of interests with the president to get him off the narcotic of the office. There was the governor who mused about how little campaigning Biden would be able to do. There was the House member who, after saying that, of course, Democrats should renominate the president, told me to turn off my phone and then demanded to know who else was out there and said Harris wasn't an option. My favorite, though, was the Democratic lawmaker who recalled speaking to Jill Biden and hoping to plant a seed about a one-term declaration of victory, told her how her husband should be celebrated for saving democracy. When I asked if I could use any of that on record, the lawmaker shot back, absolutely not. 
The only other Democratic lawmaker willing to publicly call for a new nominee was Phillips' fellow Minnesotan, Representative Angie Craig, who said the same thing last year. Biden's team is eyeing an April announcement. There are several things happening here that you should be aware of. One is the Democrats really do fear not just Trump, but DeSantis getting elected. And behind the scenes, privately, one of the things Democrats are muttering to themselves is that if Trump fights DeSantis and DeSantis gets the nomination, they will try as they might, but they're not sure they can convince voters that DeSantis is the second coming of Trump. Hard to convince voters DeSantis is the second coming of Trump when Trump himself is attacking DeSantis as an establishment Republican, as as one of those old Republicans that Trump beat. There's also a deep fear about Joe Biden's age and competence. They love him and what he did, but in their private counsel, they understand he's more prone to make mistakes. He's at war with the English language and constantly has to get directions for how to exit a room. And then there's Kamala Harris. You see, these stories... They come after all the stories about Kamala Harris. These stories have been coming for a while about Kamala Harris. She's difficult to work with. She's not that bright. She's not a hard worker. She has high staff turnover because she's difficult. She's not a nice person. She gives these vapid, shallow speeches. She blames her staff. She won't put in the work. She won't put in the time. She's not fit to be president of the United States. She couldn't win a Democratic primary. She dropped out before Iowa. What the hell is he thinking? Why would he do it again? Why would he have her? And now you have the ultimate stories of Joe Biden. There's a problem. You're too old to run for office. We're worried about Kamala Harris. She could lose to Trump. The ultimate thing that is happening here is that Democrats believe Joe Biden saved America from Donald Trump. And now to save America again from Donald Trump, he needs to step aside for someone else. But the problem is who? Who? They don't like Kamala Harris. They don't want Kamala Harris. Here's Jonathan Martin again. In fact, Harris would not face an uncontested primary, and some of the very governors behind the microphone would likely challenge her. The field would be really large and really unruly and really divisive around racial and gender lines, said Harold Wolfson, a longtime Democratic strategist, dipping into his French to say, after Biden, the deluge. This is all to say that the only topic Democrats may be less happy to discuss than actuarial tables and Biden's second term is his vice president. To express their concerns about a woman of Jamaican and Indian descent touches, to put it mildly, on highly sensitive matters. More to the point, Democrats have seen what happens when anyone in their party openly criticizes Harris. They're accused by actors 
activists and social media critics of showing, at best, racial and gender insensitivity. This doesn't stifle concerns about our prospects. Of course, it just pushes them further underground or into the shadows of background quotes, such as this from a House Democrat, quote, The Democrats who will need to speak out on her are from the Congressional Black Caucus. No white member is going to do it. Members of the CBC, however, are either supportive of Harris or no more willing to give public voice to their unease with the vice president than the above lawmakers. One senior black lawmaker, Representative Joyce Betty of Ohio, was more candid than most in discussing the party's calculation behind Biden. He's the president, and right now he says he's going to be our candidate, and people will fall in line because he can win the general election. Biden is the guy that can beat Trump. But what if Trump is not the nominee? Biden might beat Trump, but he's probably the only Republican Biden can beat. Two stories. One from CNN. One from Politico. They're beginning to worry about Biden's age. The subtle context is that they don't think he'll survive a campaign, that Harris will be the nominee because of it, and that she will lose. But the subtle context is also they don't think Trump's going to be the Republican nominee, and they don't think Biden can beat anyone else, and they need to shake things up. If the Republicans present youth and vitality, if they present a younger person for president, a 40-something, a 50-something against Joe Biden, an elder statesman of the Democratic Party who's at war with the English language and needs direction to get off stage, they're in trouble and they know it. They know they have a problem. They have an age problem. They have a Kamala Harris problem. They have an intersectionality problem. They have problems of their own making. They realize the problems. And, you know, for all time's sake, the Democrats constantly told Republicans, why are Aren't you brave enough to take on Donald Trump and tell him no? Why aren't you brave enough to stand up to Donald Trump? They're doing the same thing with Joe Biden. They're scared to be vocal because they're scared of their voters. They're scared of Joe Biden. They're scared of the intersectional wokes when it comes to Kamala Harris. They're scared. And so they will continue on by fear. And like Republicans in 2020, probably lose. So my kid has a queen size bed. We've got a king size bed. We got him bull and branch sheets and he's used them. He had like kid sheets and now he's old enough. He doesn't want the, the action figure sheets anymore. Well, we got lost because I mean, the sheets look like our sheets, except they're queen size sheets and they got put in our closet and the kid was in despair. We got him bowl and branch sheets. They've gotten softer and softer. And he's like, where are my real sheets? He refused to sleep until we found the real sheets because they're that soft. They're that good. They're made with a 100% organic cotton thread. They get softer in every wash. You can stay cozy all winter long with a set of bowl and branch sheets. They really are that good. We have them on multiple beds in our house. My goodness. my Seriously, my kid, uh, he's finally like, my sheets are for kids. I'm, I'm grown up now. And... Uh, it's just a, a step of quality above what he had. And now he's like, can't sleep without these sheets. They're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They're made without toxins. They're free of pesticides, formaldehyde, other chemicals. They fit the deepest mattress too, which I love because we have a very thick mattress on our bed and it fits. It doesn't like 
bunch up and then snap off in the middle of the night when you roll over. You can get 15% off your forced order Bowl and Branch sheets when you use promo code Eric at bowlandbranch.com. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. The promo code is Eric, E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Let's see. I want to squeeze in a phone call here from Sandy. You're going to be up first today. Welcome. Uh, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Um, sure. I just wanted to call, or get your thoughts on um, what you were talking about earlier with Karen Decker and how she's just a career, uh, you know, government employee. And it sounds like a lot of the Democrats are in it for their own personal gain. I, I don't hear, you know, any all, all the talk that you had about their strategy none of it had to do anything with what's you know what are we going to do about the problems that we're facing yeah look i i i think there are some people who they just they they want the power they they don't yeah i mean joe biden yes they they don't really know what to do with it they they, they're the dog that caught the car they wanted the car they got the car what the heck are they going to do with the car hold on to it i guess yeah there's there's no real vision. Joe Biden's entire, if we're real honest about it, uh, Sandy, thanks for the phone call. Joe Biden's entire vision of America was stop Trump. He had things he wanted to do on the periphery, but it was really, I got to be the one to stop Trump. And he stopped Trump. So, okay, now what? Nothing. I mean, if Joe Biden really wants to, and this is the this is the whole point of it, Um if you want to stop Donald Trump and you are Joe Biden, the way you stop him now is you get out of the White House and take Kamala Harris with you. You can't run again. That's the subtle message from the Democrats to Joe Biden. He, he can't run again. And they know he can't run again because they don't necessarily believe it will be Trump, but they're scared to death it'll be a Trump-like person like DeSantis, and they won't be able to attack him as such because Trump will have attacked him so much. They just can't figure out how to solve the Joe Biden-Kamala Harris problem. You have a very old president and a deeply unpopular, unlikable vice president. But you can't get rid of her because the wokes will come for you. Y'all, I want to be real honest with you. Uh, I have looked, because you have asked me to look, for a reputable gold company that can give you advice and answer your questions that's not gimmicky. Like, for example, some of them do certificates, and some of them they try to rope you in with other stuff. You are interested in precious metals for your retirement savings uh, to ease the ebbs and flows of inflation and wild swings in the stock market. Advantage Gold, Advantage Gold, that's who you want to call. Uh, Advantage Gold, I have looked into them. I have had them answer my questions. And it is not one of these gimmicky places. There aren't tricks. They really just want you to have a great experience learning how to be a gold investor. Give them a call, 800-450-2566, 800-450-2566. Tell them I sent you. You can get their free gold and IRA investment kit. But call them if you got questions. They're good people. 800-450-2566. Welcome back. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Let's go back to the phones. Alan, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. I'm going to try to be very consistent like I usually am when I call. So if I'm not, I apologize up front. So first. 
is I called in and I talked to the producer about asking you, I know voting is one way to hold politicians accountable, but I see so many things going on today and I'm trying not to let it drive me crazy. (laughs) Beyond that, what we can do, and the one thing I'll say very quickly is I heard you reading that article and the thing that jumped out at my head, my mind was, they don't want competition. And to me, that's, you know, in a nutshell, that's socialism. That's their beliefs. That's, you know, maybe come back to haunt them. And at the end, I think you were kind of getting there, but my thought, train of thought is different. So hopefully that'll pan out. Not more than that to say, but I'm just getting frustrated. And last, really quick, goes back to accountability. I'm from Ohio. I'm from that area originally. I don't live there anymore. And I see this and I feel like we're allowing big corporate America to, you know, just, you know, take care of themselves as opposed to the EPA or somebody coming in to regulate that. And I'm not always for regulations, but in this case, I think when it comes down to human health, it's very important. Yeah, look, um, I there's always a balance you have to strike, and conservatives would argue that the EPA and others have gone overboard on the, the particular train issue, though. Uh, so, for example, Pete Buttigieg is blaming the Trump administration for getting rid of regulations relating to train breaks. The problem, though, was that it was uh, it, it had never been implemented. Uh, and we didn't have this sort of accident then. They're 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 trying to scapegoat the Trump Trump administration. Right, it's not the root. Yes, it's not it, the root cause. Not the root cause. And so, yeah, look, there's a real concern. I I think on where do you draw the balance? You don't want corporations to just regulate themselves because they're going to maximize their profit, benefit their shareholders, which means they will cut corners, which we saw in the early 1900s and really up until we, we had a number of aggressive pieces of legislation to force them to clean up their act. At the same time, what we find more and more is, is that the left, once they get control power, they want to burden corporations even more and drive up costs even more than is needed. That that where some would undercompensate or underregulate, the, the left historically overregulates. And there is this yin and yang, this balance that goes back and forth. To blame the Trump administration for not putting a certain type of brakes on a train that did not derail uh, in until halfway through the Biden administration is Pete Buttigieg trying to luck out of a situation, trying to abscond from a situation. Uh, it, it just it's it's ridiculous. Uh, now uh, there's a there's a situation that has happened in Washington D.C. and I got to play this audio for you. Uh, this is a climate activist interrupting uh, Senator Josh Hawley. Josh Hawley was speaking at the Heritage Foundation a short time ago, and a uh, code pink climate anti-war activist, whatever code pink is these days, jumped on stage. And what do our leadership? We have the largest military in the world. We spend over $1 trillion every year. And the state, your state of Missouri, is over half of people are in poverty. China is not our enemy. The climate crisis is. <laughs> China's not our enemy. The climate crisis is. That brings me. Oh, I, I'm I'm so glad this happened. I promise I did not coordinate with the chick that uh, did that. Uh, yes, I did. Just call her that. Um, we we got to talk about Senator Kennedy. 
and his climate witness. She says, remember, the cli- cl- China's not our enemy. The climate crisis is our enemy. Listen to Senator Kennedy grill one of Brock, uh, one of Joe Biden's people on this. If we spend $50 trillion to make the United States of America carbon neutral by 2050, how much will that lower world temperatures? I can't answer that because we don't know what China and India and the rest of the globe has done. Okay. Have you had heard anybody from the Biden administration say how much it will lower world temperatures? No. Does anybody know how much it will lower world temperatures? No? No, no one can know for sure. Okay. Dr. Litterman. Yes. If we spend $50 trillion or however much it takes to make the United States carbon neutral by 2050, how much will it lower world temperatures? Senator, that depends on the rest of the world. We have to work with the rest of the world. We're in this together. Well, it's what one if, world. If, we can't what build if, a wall around if, the United what States if, and say— what if, what if we spend $50 trillion, Europe cooperates, most Western democracies cooperate, but India and China don't? How much will our $50 trillion lower world temperatures? We're in this together, Senator. We how have to get will, the world to you, work together. How much? I, I get that. Okay. How much will lower world temperatures? If China and India do not help. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. The answer is it won't. It won't. That this is just one of the the insane insane things happening around the world today is this idea that India and China are going to work with us on this stuff. They don't view it in their interest. They don't view setting back their economies as in their interest. Surprise. Surprise. I just don't think this is going to work. And there, is it just? It can't just be me. Do you guys under understand what's happening here? Uh, Western economies, because they're so wealthy, have decided that they can do things that harm their citizens, and in doing things that harm their citizens, they can save the planet, but they still can't save the planet because they can't get buy-in from other countries that are not Western countries. It is cheaper at this moment to drive a fossil fuel-burning vehicle and an internal combustion engine than an EV because of energy costs. Yet they're forcing us to go to EVs that are all more expensive than an internal combustion engine car. We don't have enough lithium. We don't have enough rare earth minerals to build enough cars, trucks, tractors, planes, trains, whatever, to convert the Western world, let alone the whole world, to EVs. And Joe Biden says we're going to get rid of fossil fuels in 10 years. So costs are going to go up. It's already too expensive. I talked about this yesterday. The the cost of a new car is out of reach for most of the middle class now. But it's not just cars. No, no. It's not just cars. 
For years and years, they have told us the most processed food in the grocery store is the worst for you. You should not eat the most processed food in the grocery store. And now they have bullied every fast food joint in America into using the Impossible Burger or the Beyond Burger products that aren't making any money, possibly going out of business and happen to be the most processed food in the grocery store. But they want you to eat it, not because it's good for you, but because it's good for the planet, because cows fart. All of the health science is out the window to save Mother Earth. They have degraded your way of life. They're failing the middle class. Joe Biden wants to transform the World Bank. The World Bank President David Malpass is out. It's a surprise. He's leaving his term early. The Biden administration wanted him gone before Biden was even inaugurated. He wanted to pick a new World Bank leader. They want a candidate, this is from Axios, quote, who is committed to expanding the bank's lending facilities to finance more renewable energy products in the developing world. Climate needs to be one of its central missions, Biden advisors say. Minutes after Malpass informed the bank's board on Wednesday he was leaving, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen was out with a statement, a sign that top officials were aware of his early exit plans. After thanking him for his service, she indicated the U.S. wants to preserve its prerogative to pick the president. We will put forward a candidate to lead the World Bank and build on the bank's longstanding work. They want a World Bank that will fund climate projects in the third world. They're not content just to degrade our way of life. They want to ruin the third world's way of life, which is already pretty bad off. There's there's an angle here for Republicans in 2024. What the Biden administration does ruins your life. They're so busy wanting to save the planet, they're ruining your life and they're not saving the planet. They can't save the planet because India and China won't work with us. India and China do not want to regress. India and China are trying to become next level economic superpowers and they can't do it if they go along with what the West wants on energy and climate. And the Democrats, they don't care. They claim to care, but they really don't. As long as your life is more miserable. In some parts of the country, they're coming for your gas grill. Not just your gas grill, but if you got a smoker, they're coming for your smoker because it pollutes. They tried this in Austin, Texas for a while. There was backlash there because of the barbecue industry in Austin, Texas, but they thought it was a good idea. What's his name from the Consumer Product Safety Commission? Uh, union guys, Nepo Pick, his son, is out there again saying that we may just get rid of, of gas-burning stoves. We may still do it. Get rid of the gas-burning stove. Make your life more inconvenient. It is all, all of it makes your life more inconvenient, makes your life more costly, makes your life worse, 
and they want your thanks. They want your thanks for making your life more miserable. They want your thanks for pricing you out of the car market. They want your thanks for ruining your kids' education. They want your thanks for closing down schools during COVID. They want your thanks for driving up food prices. They want your thanks for all of these things. You know, as a side here, going back to the impossible meat and the beyond meat, they've got an impossible chicken now, too, or a beyond chicken. You know, for all of the and I have cracked jokes about the Chick-fil-A cauliflower sandwich. Chick-fil-A has decided to produce a cauliflower sandwich as a substitute to the chicken sandwich. I I have I've joked about it. I said, repent, Chick-fil-A, repent. Friends of mine at Chick-fil-A thought I was serious. No, I'm not serious. I don't really care about a stupid cauliflower chicken. I'm opposed to cauliflower everything. Cauliflower pizza crust. My sister, we went to dinner and my sister ordered a cauliflower pizza crust, and I had to disown her and write her out of my parents' will on their behalf. Who eats cauliflower pizza crust? It's an abomination. Cauliflower mashed potatoes? It's garbage. Now, of course, you know, there's a report out. I saw it the other day that cauliflower actually has high nicotine content in it. I may start eating cauliflower now. But the Chick-fil-A cauliflower sandwich, at least they came up with a cauliflower sandwich as opposed to incredibly processed synthetic fake chicken. They did it right. And I'm sure they'll be attacked for it by the left because of their, their global warming footprint as they harvest cauliflower for it. They can't win. The left just wants your life to be miserable. And they want you to thank them for it. They don't want you to have a big family. you got to drive in a tiny car, which deters you from having a lot of kids. Don't get the 15-passenger the, the van or the SUV. And when it all comes down to it, they will admit in congressional testimony that they really can't say what it will do because they really can't say that India and China will work with us. Of course, India and China are not going to work with us. Don't believe that they are. They're just ruining your life to make themselves feel better. And you should fight them. You should fight them with a company like Patriot Mobile, where if you just move your cell phone business to Patriot Mobile, they fund the conservative movement. They use their profits to fund the conservative cause. You go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You move your business to them. You can take your existing phone number to them or get a new phone number. You get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers you're probably already using with your current cell phone company. And then they take a portion of their profits and give it to the causes you care about. They give you great discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, an NRA member, a teacher, so many more. If you've got a lot of lines in your house because all your kids have cell phones, it's patriotmobile.com slash Eric, patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. You can also call them. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service, so you're calling someone in the good old USA, 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you, get free activation, or go to patriotmobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan Nationwide. They can help your business grow. If you need access to financing and big banks giving you a hard time, reach out to First Liberty, firstlibertyga.com. I want to play for you this audio by Charlie Munger. Charlie Munger is uh, Warren Buffett's right hand, number two guy at Berkshire Hathaway, uh, and really starting to go after ESG himself realizing it's not working, and Munger's not exactly a conservative, nor is Warren Buffett. Listen to this audio. Charlie, another question comes in from Chris Freed of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. He says, you've recommended the use of an index fund for the average investor. As these index funds continue to expand in size, their influence on corporate boards and ultimately management is ever-increasing. 
This concentration of voting in the hands of a few index funds is alarming to me. Do you see this concentration as alarming as well? And what reforms would you suggest to address that issue? Well, of course it's a very serious issue because it's an enormous amount of power. And for a while, these index funds got the feeling they were suddenly made godlike to clean up the world. And, but Vanguard has retreated from that policy, and I think wisely so. And I have some hope that Larry Fink will follow. I, I don't think it's smart for, for these index funds to try and influence the policy and politics of the country just because they're an index fund. I think they should be satisfied to eliminate some of the folly from investment management and do a better job for their clients which I think they do very well. And I think they should be pleased with that and not try and run the whole damn country as a matter of corporate governance. I have no feeling that anybody at Vanguard or, or Larry Fink's operation has any special genius at how American corporations ought to be run. And to the extent they ask Berkshire to do this or that, I wish they'd stop. Ask Berkshire to do what? To oh, to follow their their Anything. guidance. Yeah. I, I'm just not interested in their views as to how Berkshire should be. <laughs> Good for him. That's Charlie Munger. Uh, man, he is starting to sound sound really old. Um, he and Buffett probably aren't going to be around for too much longer. But that their financial genius is legendary, and it is nice to know that he sees ESG dying off. It should, but you got to keep the pressure on. Don't take his word for it. You got to keep the pressure on. Uh, environmental social governance indexes, the the pressure by owners of stock for people, pension funds and the like, uh, from Vanguard and BlackRock and the like to affect a liberal agenda, a progressive policy at corporations that's bad for business. They, they don't have any sort of special insight. In fact, the history of the early 21st century is that the experts are very often wrong and lack the humility to acknowledge how wrong they are. Now, when we come back, very disturbing story we got to talk about. A Black Lives Matters mob in Ohio came for the white kids. It ended badly. Police reports have been filed. This is going on more and more in the country, the mob coming for your children.